Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun Podcast. It's me, your host, Dave Wakeman. At the top of the show today, I want to recognize the troubles in the world, and my thoughts are with folks that I know in Ukraine. Um, the organization that the Business of Fun, the Talking Tickets, um, all the people that I know, I've been pointing people towards is rescue.org. Um, they are doing some stuff to help the refugees who have been displaced by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, I know a couple people from Ukraine. Uh, they're fabulous people, wonderful people. They've shown uh, tremendous courage and strength throughout this entire ordeal that hopefully none of us ever have to deal with. Um, but if you are looking for a way to support the people of the Ukraine, uh, check out rescue.org. It seems almost silly, the, the introduction I'm about to do after this, um, you know, because war is a whole lot more important than selling tickets and all of these things. But I'm uh, my friend Simon Severino is back on the Business of Fun podcast today. Uh, we He has a book come out called Strategy Sprints. We actually didn't even talk about it. We did talk about strategy. We did talk about um, investing. We did talk about entrepreneurship. We did talk about marketing. We did talk about uh, the ninjas, his kids. Um, you know, so it's, it's a fun conversation. Uh, I am going to be in England from March 12th to March 20th. Um, I was hoping that the Spurs were going to play well so I could see them in the FA Cup quarterfinals. They screwed me. Lost to Middlesbrough, 1-0. Um, but I'm going to be around in London from the 13th, 14th, 15th, and during the day on the 16th. I'll be at Birmingham for the Ticketing Professionals Conference, which is uh, really a great, like probably my favorite conference to go to, uh, minus the other Ticketing Professionals Conference in Sydney, Australia. Uh, England or Australia, I can't lose. Uh, but Andrew and the team at Ticketing Professionals Conference have put together a tremendous program. Uh, they have two really uh, incredible keynote speakers there's going to be just tons and tons of con uh, panels, content, uh, talks, discussions, uh, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's great. About 450, 500 guests. The trade show sold out. Uh, I'll be hanging out with the folks from Booking Protect because you know I can't go to England without seeing, my, seeing Simon and Kat. Uh, so I'll be there. I'm going to see if I can record some podcast conversations from there. So that'll make it a little more fun. But if you are thinking about it, you're in the area, you can get to Birmingham, ticketingprofessionals.co.uk. It's a fantastic event. It's just one of the most valuable conferences that I've found in the world of ticketing. So check it out. Also get the Talking Tickets newsletter. That's talkingtickets.substack.com. That's uh, my ticket newsletter. It goes out every Friday. Uh, it tells you what I'm up to, new workshops, new ways to work with me, new ideas, all kinds of stuff. It's great, talkingtickets.substack.com. Like I mentioned, I'm going to be hanging out with Simon and Kat, so make sure you come check us out at the Booking Protect booth. Uh, check them out, though, at bookingprotect.com. There is some really great new data out. I've talked about it some of this before, which is that like since on sales have started back regularly, since lockdowns have ended, uh, people have been taking up refund protection at a rate that uh, is just unheard of. You probably double the normal rate. Um, it means that people are still feeling sort of antsy about their purchases. They want that little bit of extra security that refund protection provides you. So check them out at bookingprotect.com. So back to Simon. 
Simon's been on before. His website is strategysprints.com. He does a podcast called Strategy Sprints, and he has a book coming out called Strategy Sprints. Uh, I like talking to Simon because, uh, you know, he brings a new take on strategy and a new take on uh, understanding, you know, how to fast track your business. You know, it's a little bit different with his three steps and like how check-ins and everything then you know you might get from me and so it's always important for me to learn from somebody who is a, a really strong practitioner like simon so here's a new conversation with me and simon severino on the business of fun podcast all right i've got simon severino back on the business of fun podcast simon how are you in the ninjas Hey, Dave. Hello, everybody. Ninjas are fine, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, the ninjas are uh, Simon's sons, and I, I could hear them in the background, and they were like, definitely like, Daddy, let's get this over with so we can fight. And I was like, well, that's a totally uh, appropriate response to talking to me. So that was perfect. Um, so how? So 2022, right? We haven't had a chance to talk yet this year. Um Tell me a little bit about um, any trends or opportunities or challenges you've noticed so far. You know, what does it um, look like from what you're dealing with, who you're talking to, you know, kind of give me a little bit of the lay of land of what's happening in Simon's world. Since we coach entrepreneurs, mainly B2B teams, what we see right now is it's impossible to plan anything. If you rely on your plans, you will get rock pulled, whatever the plan is, because the world has another plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a strategy advisor over the last 20 years, we would say, okay, let's make scenario A, B, C, and then let's prepare for three scenarios. But right now you don't even know which kind of scenarios you're preparing for. So I would say if planning was fragile so far, now it's completely ridiculous. And if we want to survive and thrive over the next months and years, I think we need closed loops in terms of real-time planning and deciding in a completely different way. Deciding based on numbers, based on weak signals, much earlier, not so late. So most of our reporting systems are not helpful anymore. Most of our planning systems are not helpful anymore. And, and I can go into the nitty-gritty if you want. Please but do. That's, Please do. That's, I think, the main problem that I see right now. How the heck do I take long-term decisions? And how the heck do I do budgeting if next week everything is different? Yeah. No, that, that makes complete sense because... so. Anybody who listens knows at this point, but you might not because I haven't talked to you in a, in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, but I caught the, the COVID and during the Omicron thing and I was totally fine, except for it. I had like a lot of fatigue and fuzziness. And so then when I started and then, well, I was been working on this project with a client for a couple of months and he caught COVID at the same time. So we were both kind of like cloudy and fuzzy. And, and so what happened was we said, let's kind of reset ourselves and let's look at this thing from like we were starting over because we're both like completely like brain dead. And that was like, I was like, that's probably a good idea. And what it was or what was interesting was happening was that 
just like what you said, it's like, well, how do you plan for this world right now where all you have is weak signals and even the weak signals are, have changed radically in the last six to eight weeks. Um, you know, so like you brought up the topic and I would like to go there with you and to understand exactly how do you deal with those weak signals and how do you create this feedback loop for people? So what we do, because many of our, of our clients are going really through hard times. And so what we do is we ask ourselves two things, basically integrity and then habits. Because when everything around you is not reliable, what can you really control? I think you can control only 5%. And, uh, you know, th that's a very old uh, wisdom that we have. Sophocles did know this and the pre-Socratics did know this. And Marcus Aurelius, the Roman emperor, knew this. But we forget. So let's remind ourselves that only 5% is in our control. And let's go to this 5%. I like to do integrity and then habits. Integrity is in the lowest point of confidence or you have now COVID or you have a completely broken supply chain. You, you are at the at rock bottom. Now ask yourself, and this is an amazing opportunity because this is where you have most clarity about what your purpose is. So when I am at rock bottom, now I ask myself, what I am here to do. What's the bigger mission? So I am stripped away of all my resources. What is here right now wanting to be? Now you are at, you are, now you are at the core of your purpose. That's the, your personal truth. And that is unshakable. Nobody can take that away. It's like you know, a dancing star inside of your chest. It's, it's always there. Nobody can, can shake that. And so, for example, when I ask myself this question, what am I here really to do? Wherever I am, it comes very natural and very clear. I am here to open doors and turn on lights. So I know that in the core of myself, I'm an educator. And that's why then... I have quite a bit of clarity about what I do. You know, I educate. That's what I do. And then the rest, you know, will align itself. But this is the really number one thing to do. Okay, let's forget everything. Let's forget revenues. Let's forget legacy. Let's forget products and offers. Let's forget employees. Just forget everything. What are you here to do? What's the one star that is always dancing and always wants, you know, to sing your song? What's your song? Mm -hmm. Now you have integrity and alignment. Then you go and from that zero budgeting, now you start budgeting again. All right, who am I here to serve? And what's the best way for me to serve them? And how can I show up today for them? That's it. And from there, you're just showing up again. So you start again connecting to them. Hi, I'm here. I'm weak. I'm fuzzy, but I'm here. How are you? What do you need? What's next? How can I help? Mm -hmm. And from there, automatically, the rest will happen in the right way, in an organic way. And, and now when we are now reset, 
Now I come back with my three habits. Okay, daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit. Because this is our operational system. This is the strategy sprints method. And that's what keeps you resilient now when you start going out again. And the whole heat will come back. Because it's stress. Come on. Running a business mm -hmm. is stress. You will attract stress. So again, how do you keep those 5%? And for me, it's daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit. It's the same thing that I do for myself. It's the same thing that we share with our clients when we coach them. Daily habit. How do I allocate my time tomorrow? And what do I learn from it? So I write down six o'clock, I go running, eight o'clock breakfast, then three hours deep work, lunch, playing with my kids, meetings, interviews, end of the day. And in the end of the day, That's just an example, but it's important that you intentionally design your day, whatever your day is, but do it with intention. And then this template that I use and that people can download has two reflective questions. So at the end of today, it before I design the next day and close down my computer, it will ask me two things. First, Simon, what of all the things that you did should you delegate tomorrow to somebody else? Second, and the reason is it either does not give you energy or, you know, it either takes energy or gives energy. It's either high leverage or low leverage. And then uh, it's not in your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. The second question is, if I would live more intentionally and more freely, what would I do? This is when you reconnect to your bigger projects. Oh, I always wanted to write a book. Stuff that in the day-to-day, -day you basically forget. And then I design my next day, the flow of tomorrow. I close my computer. I go playing with my boys. And that's it. So that's the day. The daily habit. Because whatever happens around me, this is in my control. Mm -hmm. What I do tomorrow at which time. Mm -hmm. The second is the weekly habit. I want to get my marketing numbers, sales numbers, and ops numbers every seven day reported. If I have a team, if I don't have a team, then I have to report all the three to myself, which is also an important exercise because you, you will realize, oh, maybe it's better if I, if I hire people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an important exercise. When you see that you are the head of marketing, head of sales, head of operations, what the hell? I, what, what, what is expected to me? It's too much, right? And that's an important thing to feel. And then the monthly habit. Uh, are we moving in the right direction at the right pace? What is competition doing? What else can the customer do, both in terms of with our competitors, but also within themselves? Maybe they can do just nothing or hire an intern to do it instead of having us doing it. Or they can hire somebody full-time that does, for example, strategy execution instead of having a strategy coach from the outside. These are the three habits. I think that's I think that's really great, and I think it gives people a. And knowing you, it's not a one size fits all thing. It's you have to do the hard work of thinking, and figuring out what moves your business, what moves you forward, daily, weekly, and monthly. It's not you know, don't take Dave's ideas because I think last time we talked on the podcast, I talked about the, some of the numbers that I set up and they look at look like, and you're talking about these. Decide for yourself what's going to be the most important, what's going to push you forward, what's going to create change for you. I think that is probably um, the most important thing. And one thing that people, they struggle with, I think, is really what happens is because 
uh, and I'm pretty sure you, if we, we definitely talked about this together, but I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. It's like, there's so many people who are giving you advice and a lot of the advice is worth about as much as you pay for it. And it, and the, the big challenge is like, it has to be specific to your situation. It has to work for you and not necessarily just because it worked for Simon or Dave or someone else. Does that mean it's going to work for you? So do the hard work of thinking about it through your lens. That's exactly, uh, that would be my full stop. Yes, because my goals are not your goals. Whoever is listening right now has different goals, a different Mm -hmm. purpose, a different flow of the day. If you have more kids or zero kids, that makes a huge difference in your daily flow. If you are very um, uh, active in terms of exercise, your day will look different than if you if you if you read more than you move. So, uh, of course, um, but the the principle. So every sprint is different, but the anatomy of the sprint is always the same. Three habits, three strategies, three numbers. But every sprint is different. And, you know, it's the same thing. You know, every CEO is different, but every CEO needs a to sleep well, to eat well and to move enough. Mm-hmm. These are principles that are evergreen. Yep. But what does it mean for you eating well? Well, you have to find out depending on your DNA and on your situation and, and on your intuition, what is good for you. Your body will tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the principles to eat, to eat clean and to eat uh, well, they are pretty applicable. That's the same, right? That's the same in, in business. And I, when I look for coaches... And people say, oh, I have this tactic. And in six weeks, you use my tactic. And I go, well, then I don't need it. Because I have to find out my journey. And if you can help me uh, clarify my journey, you can help me. But if you just say, uh, do what I do, um, the probability that I need this is really low. Yeah. yeah th- the way I approach it is um, I tell people I don't know anything. And that, but I know how to ask questions and together we can find the answer. And that's the way I approach it. And most people think I'm lying, but I was like, going, no, there's nothing. Everybody wants to um, scale or systemize everything. And I go, but the thing is, it's like, that's limited in its ability to be effective for you. And so your challenge is to be able to step, step back and say, sure, I want to create a system, but it has to be a system that works just for me, not for everybody. Because if it works for everybody, it's, you know, just by nature, it's going towards that average. And averages are not the greatest way to measure anything because they really allow you very little context. At least that's what I've found. Absolutely. Where are they right now? Where where do they want to be? And a good coach is, first of all, a good listener. And then he has done it a hundred times and then he can share how he get out of that and he can share the process of getting out of that. Right. I actually, uh, and I, I, I w- I'd be curious to ask you about this, uh, doing the podcast, I think has made me a better coach because it has made me a better listener and it has made me more effective at asking questions because if you can't listen, you can't ask a very good question. And if you don't ask a very good question, you don't get a very good answer. Uh, so I'd be curious to ask you about that because you, you brought up the idea of a good coach is a good listener. Yeah, that's why I, I run two podcasts, both are daily. And this is really my hope that I become a better listener, that I be, that I learn better questions and also that I learn a ton from other people. So I always 
am a teacher and a student of life at the same time. So I have teachers every day. You heard my, my ninjas out there. They are my teachers in how to be present, in how to enjoy the moment, in how to sing and dance. And then every guest on my show every day is a teacher in whatever their superpower is. I'm learning a ton. And, um, and then I also share what I am learning this week uh, in my daily, in my daily uh, YouTube channel. But that's something like, hey, I've been trying this. I had to solve this. This is what I did. This is what works. <laughs> and I also share what didn't work. I tried this. It didn't work at all. Yeah. Well, that's where you, I think, at least for me, that's where you really learn. It's like, well, what did I screw up and why? <laughs> yeah. If, I done so, if I've done something well, then I'll learn a lot. I'm going to be honest with you because I'm just like going, of course I did. Of course that worked. I mean, I'm, I'm super smart. <laughs> but if, when I screw up, that's when I really, that's when I really learn. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing that's everybody, though. Nobody wants to admit it. So you said you, you do two podcasts today. Strategy Sprints is one. And if I'm not mistaken, the other one is based on crypto. Is that right? Yes. So the Strategy Sprints is our daily exploration with the best people in the field on how to run companies in this, in this context, in these funky times. And Simon Severino is about, all right, now we are running companies. We have now wealth accumulated. How do we keep our wealth? These investment systems. So it's stock and crypto mainly right now. And uh, But of course, real estate is also part of a good portfolio. But it's, yeah, how do we keep our money and make sure that it stays at least the same because the official inflation numbers are 7%, the real one are 15%. So if you do nothing, if you have it on your bank account, it's melting in your hands right now. So what's a better idea? And we are exploring the, the better ideas. Yeah, no, um, it's interesting because we were mentioning it too. You said, oh, you know, I do stuff that's focused more on crypto. We talked about crypto a little bit. Uh, we were making fun of my crypto portfolio, which is still largely the same, but the, and that's cool uh, because I was telling you before we started recording is um, I come at all of these things, like sort of, I try to be somewhere in the middle and it's not so much because I don't care, you know, I'm trying to be either a hater or a lover of any one thing. It's like, I need balance, right? It's like, um, Raz Al Ghul in Batman, you know, he goes like the world is about balance, and I try to maintain. I try to maintain balance. Um, so one of the things that lit up my inbox, I think you said it lit up yours, was like you, I put a little thing about uh, NFTs and crypto in the newsletter uh, the other day, and it, it went nuts. How should people think about um, crypto and NFTs right now? Because that's a big topic of conversation for um, I think people in every industry because. I, I think there's actually, I'm going to revise my opinion on this. And I'm going to say there's two people that I trust their opinions about crypto and NFT uh, now because you are balanced and you are like, not like, uh, oh my God, if you're, if you're not in on this thing and like, if you don't throw every dollar you have in there, uh, you're crazy. And there's one other person who's also been on the podcast who is a, um, you know, she has actual use cases and things that like actually add value. Um, but other than that, most people are like, it's hair on fire or run for the hills from it. Um, you know, so how should, how are you coaching people and teaching people to approach both of these things now? Or are you teaching them like sort of, are they like sort of similar in your, the way you talk about them? 
it's very similar to the revenue systems are also the investment systems that I share. The investment system that I share is really a system that you create for yourself and it fits your current situation and you get better by practice. You will not get rich in the first year. But I shared last year, for example, how to 10x a portfolio and we did it live together and it was a community effort. Everybody was, you know, chipping in and asking questions and finding some gems and we would analyze together. So the first problem is how do you construct a full portfolio? What is a portfolio? And so, for example, you have to decide based on your age and your risk appetite which buckets you want overall. For example, I have 20% real estate, 35% stocks, 35% crypto. That's what what works well for me. And then 10%, I call them alternatives, uh, which is currently just mainly cash because I want to deploy it in, in a bear market. I want to buy when everything is low, mm-hmm. when everybody's selling, I want to buy. So the first question Define those buckets. How much percentage do you want in which kind of thing? Do you want gold 5% or silver 2%? Then go for it. I don't. Uh, but you have to decide, right? Is it is it more a defensive play or an offensive play? Do you need to build wealth? Then have just a few buckets and full conviction. Three stocks, three cryptos, full in. Do you need to defend wealth or you want to do it for your kids? Then differentiate more and have a defensive part also. That's my real estate part, is my defensive part. Mm-hmm. So, but the other ones are aggressive. There are the few stocks and few cryptos and all in, and I want them to 10X as often as possible. Um, three times a year, last year was easy. This year, I'm happy if we can <laughs> we, we can double it uh, once. And then that that's my expectation to this year because it's a choppy year. Then the second thing that we teach and and we explore together also is how do you do, for God's sake, how do you do a fundamental analysis of an asset that has no earning reports? Because in the stock market, you can watch the earning reports and then you know, okay, this is the compound rate, this is the growth, this is the debit rate, this is uh, the expectation, and, and then you can do your fundamental analysis. In crypto, this whole thing was missing, so I started building it. That, that's how I operate. If I miss something, I build it. And I trust nobody. I don't trust any financial advisor on the planet. I have fired all the financial advisors I ever had in my life and in my companies. I'm doing it now myself and I'm realizing that it's, it's, it's much less complex than every, everybody thinks. And it's, it's only, in Italy we would say it's a mafia. They think because they're certified that they have any more authority their results are are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They think 6% is a great growth over a year. I did my own thing. I had 121% and I said, okay, you are all fired. So now I'm doing my thing myself and I'm learning all the time and that's what I'm sharing there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and some in the audience have more experience in single parts and they chip in and they say, hey, Simon, but look at commodities. I have no idea of commodities, for example, but we are right now looking into copper <laughs> because the community is saying that. All right, let's look into copper. Um, because you want to have also defensive plays now in the in the bear market, right? Mm-hmm. So And we have segment rotations. But I personally, I'm very strong in three crypto names, three stocks, and I go with that but only after I did a ton of fundamental analysis. So that's one thing that we did together. And the second part is then technical analysis. So if you decide, all right, I am fully confident, for example, my three big stocks are 
Tesla, Amazon, Google. I am fully confident whatever happens, they are going to be more worth every quarter because of network effects and because I did my 10 steps fundamental analysis. And part of that is the network effects. If I see multiple network effects um, that, that I calculate with Metcalf's formula, then I know you cannot stop this thing. And if it's unstoppable, well, it will appreciate in value. So with these three things, full conviction and very clear, whenever they go down, I will buy more. That's it. And I just keep it. Then the other thing, and only if when they double, I, 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 I get out half of my principal. So I, I get my initial money yep. off the table. For Maybe example, Tesla. Yep. Yeah, Tesla, I bought at 300. When it got to 600 last year, I took half of the table. I kept half in. That half doubled to 1,200. Now in November, I took, again, 25% off. When it will go to 2,400, I will take 12.5% off. That's basically how I how mm -hmm. I keep balance, as you say, because right. we have emotions. I have emotions for Tesla. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I keep the balance because the number tells me when to sell and not my feeling. Because mm -hmm. my feeling would go, hey, this is this continues to grow. But that's usually the wrong feeling. You don't want to decide based on feelings. You want to decide based on a system. 100%. Yes. And then it's like always like every time that that initial uh, I double, yeah, I pull it out, right? And I go put it some, I play with it in a new land and I let the other stuff ride. I, I completely do that. That's why exactly. I don't, like with the crypto crash right now, I'm like, I care less, right? Because um, that, that original money is back in like, it's totally fine. So then everything else is just a bonus. It's all, it's all a bonus. Yeah. The rich man sold yes. too soon. <laughs> exactly. So this week I've been buying Luna, I've been buying Solana, and I've been buying Bitcoin. But I would not say that this is what everybody should do. It just fits my system, my allocation, and my exit strategy and entry strategy. Right. So you have to define all of this thing for yourself. And in the channel, I show how you can define those things. And then you have to improve them. We call that rebalancing. So you have to improve them uh, either monthly or weekly, depending on how aggressive, how defensive you want to play it. Some in our community, they, they just go ETFs and Bitcoin and they just think in 10 years. And other ones, they want to rebalance quarterly. I rebalance every Sunday. So some, somewhere you have to decide how much time you want to spend with it. And that makes also the, the structure of your portfolio. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So let me ask you this then, because you have a community around both both of these businesses, right? What are some of the steps that, that go into building a community like this and expanding that community? Like, where where do you add, you know, and, and anybody who does any of the stuff that we're doing, at some point you hooked onto a little bit of a formula and how successful it is or not is, you know, up to debate. I mean, I'm always like, going, well, what can I do to... to to build more like how can i continue to add value you know and again people who are listening to this lately no matter what business they're touching it's about kind of building an audience growing an audience maintaining an audience what are some of the keys to success for you it's funny because i am building a completely new one right now so we could do it on that example you can see it growing every week right now if you watch my second channel simon severino it, it's just started and it's growing every week the the 
the big community that I've been building is, has thousands of entrepreneurs and that was just our clients. And then after they sprint with us and they, they have doubled revenue, we say, hey, you can stay around for the community. Do you want to enter the mastermind? And then, you know, we stick around and grow together because the journey doesn't end after you double your revenue. There, there is stuff coming to you all the time and it's better to discuss it with others. So that's a community that I've built over 18 years. But if you look at Simon Severino, the YouTube channel, it's just started. And so what I do when I start from scratch, I just show up every day. That's my first rule. And what do I do when I show up every day? So every day I go live on YouTube. And what do I do there? Honest sharing of what I don't know, what I'm exploring, and what I find on those exploration. It goes back to, you know, when you're rock bottom, what is it that you're here to do? What I am here to do is opening doors and uh, turning on lights. So that's what I do. Um, I hear what most people, and, and, I, and I ask them. That's why I go live, because I want to hear their questions. And they say, oh, Simon, how Bitcoin is going down. How can I be confident that it will ever go up? And so now this is my mission. This is what I need to solve in the next five minutes. Taking this question seriously, coming with, with, with tangible, measurable answers, and also with some examples. And um, that's what I do. In this case, I would show the hash rate and how would show how would show how Amazon was was working for the first twelve years, and when Amazon was at one hundred, and everybody thought it's dead, and how Amazon was correcting by ninety percent and eighty percent and seventy percent, depending on the market cap. And then I show them the market cap of Amazon now and the volatility there. For example, this is how I answered that question, and whatever they ask me becomes the topic of the next video, of the next newsletter. So I just take it from there in onion rings. No, that makes that makes really great sense. And so that sort of, um, that mindset, that way of approaching things, that's how you help people go from problem solving. Because like the initial thing is like going, oh my God, uh, Bitcoin is falling apart towards innovation, which is like getting better and improving. It was because, yes, there's always going to be some kind of pothole or, or hiccup in the road. And the thing is, is more, more likely than not as much the balance, I'll go use balance today, is um, there, there will be a balance and it, it will come back. And like your job is to um, triage the problem as fast as possible, but to focus on growth and how do you get better? Because, um, you know, just getting back to like the baseline is generally, at least in my, the way I've seen it, means that you're sort of declining. And like you have to always kind of like focus and push towards innovation because um, nothing stays like in perfect balance, right? It, or it, maybe I'm wrong. But that sounds to me like a little bit like what you're talking about. You are spot on. You know, one of my teachers was Clayton Christensen and he showed me the mathematical formula that shows you how your revenue decreases if you don't innovate he, he he would show us the formula and let us calculate and uh because most people when they close their eyes and they go okay i'm just doing nothing then i have the same revenue right yeah. it's not the case it really decreases heavily <laughs> and so yes that's one well, of the think about inflation right like if you made a hundred dollars today it's worth set what 15 percent. you said less than it was 
this time last the year. The official the official number is seven point one percent, but it's with the formula of nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty one, the government formula was changed because people were a bit too alarmed, and so the the job of the government is to keep people calm and manageable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they so they deducted food, shelter, and energy. Now. I calculate the same thing with the government formula of 1980. And I say, okay, but let's because try to live without food, energy, and shelter for a moment. Yes, exactly. So I put them back in, then you have 15%. So, and, and this is something, for example, most people do not know how to calculate the CPI number or, you know, how to double check if mm-hmm. the numbers that they're getting served are, are real. Yeah. And so the educator they call it like the grocery says, bag or something in the states, like yeah, you know, they, they only co- they only co- um, calculate based on like the grocery thing, and that's like yeah. like you said, it's completely like doesn't reflect the real world. It's not your real purchasing power that they are telling you, and so the educator in me says, I cannot be quiet when I see this. I have to show everybody what the formula is and how they calculate their real inflation, because otherwise they they will they cannot retire or they cannot pass over to their kids what they have been building. And so I have to tell the world. And this is where my, my next life would be. And I go live immediately on YouTube and say, people, let's, let's double check the number we heard from the Fed today. Let's do this together. No, oh, that's awesome. So, Simon, I know the ninjas are, are waiting. So where can people find you on the internet? Like where can they pay, where can they find these new YouTube channels? Where can they find all this stuff? I know where to find you. So the new YouTube <laughs> channel. You <laughs> yeah, the new YouTube channel is called Simon Severino. That's where we explore the world of investing. Then there is the YouTube channel where we explore the world of how to run a business that's called Strategy Sprints. And if people want to find me, is at strategysprints.com. Awesome. Well, Simon, thank you for coming back, man. Thank you, Dave. This was super cool. Keep rolling, everybody. Let me know what you thought about this second conversation with Simon Severino. Send me an email. It is my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Go to DaveWakeman.com. You can find all the stuff, my blog, the store, uh, get newsletters, do the whole damn thing, right? Go to DaveWakeman.com. Make sure you check me out. I will be at the Ticketing Professionals Conference, and I will be in England from the 12th to the 20th of March. Get in late on the 12th, so let's count that as a um, no-go. Leave sort of midday on the 20th, so let's count that sort of like early, early coffee. But I got got time. I'll be in London and Birmingham. Uh, If you have been considering it, check out the Ticketing Professionals Conference. Uh, The Ticketing Professionals Conference team has done a great job of bringing people back together this year. Um, There's going to be 450, 500 people there. Two really great keynote speakers. Um, the team throws some fantastic parties so that you can network, you can connect, you can get back together with people. Um, there's more value than you can take advantage of in two and two and a quarter days. It's an amazing event. Uh, Andrew and Carol and the whole P- Peter, uh, everybody involved, they do such a wonderful job. It's probably... Um, it's definitely my favorite event in Europe, if not the world. Um, you know, so I would strongly encourage you to check it out. And if you're on the fence, send me a note. Uh, I'll push you over the fence. It's just an awesome, awesome event. So get your tickets at ticketingprofessionals.co.uk, uh, and check it out. Let me know you're going to be there. 
Uh, I'll be hanging out with the folks from Booking Protect, uh, bookingprotect.com. Uh, it'll be me, Simon, probably uh, Kat, Kath, Haley, Vicky. I think there's a few more people. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Come check it out. Uh, come check us out. Stop by and say hello. I'm going to see if I can bring my mobile podcasting studio. And we'll do some podcasts live from the from the show floor at the Ticketing Professionals Conference. It's at a new location this year. Uh, I'm excited to, to be able to have a chance to go. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, you know, like I told you at the start, um, you know, Keep the people of Ukraine in your in your thoughts and prayers. Um, if you're looking for a way to give back to support them, uh, rescue.org is where I've been pointing people towards. Uh, there's a number of good organizations that are helping the refugees that are being displaced due to the Russian invasion. Um, you know, uh, do your due diligence on anybody you would donate your money to, um, but. Whatever you can do to help these people, it's a, a just a it's an incredible tragedy, um, and who knows how long this is going it, it's going to take to uh, end. Um, but the Ukrainian people have shown just um, tremendous courage and strength throughout this, and I know from personal experience they're uh, incredible people. Um, so to see them suffer in, in this way is truly heartbreaking, um, and hopefully you know. Um, if this ends and they can move and they can start putting their, their country back together again. Um, like I've said, since the start of the pandemic, if you need me, I'm here for you. Right. Um, hit me up. David, Don't feel like you got to go through this stuff alone. I'm here for you. All right. Uh, and thank you so much for continuing to listen, to continue to support me. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.